Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg on a beautiful day here in South Mississippi. We're glad you're with us. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of Southern Miss Baseball and the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their delicious food seven days a week in their Hattiesburg restaurant. In the restaurant itself, you can enjoy it through the drive-thru or they'll deliver it to your home. However you choose, just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue. All right, it's Monday. We always talk to a head baseball coach, Scott Berry, on the Eagle Hour. Another great weekend to talk about as the Golden Eagles sweep a four-game series over UAB. Before we get started on the games, Coach, uh, this morning uh, looking at the D1 RPIs, four Conference USA teams now in the top 30, Louisiana Tech 7, Southern Miss 19, Charlotte 22, Old Dominion 29. If this holds up and and, and you continue to see these teams play like this, we we could be looking at maybe three, four teams in, in the regionals, Coach? Absolutely. You know, I think if everybody stays consistent with what they're doing, then I don't see how we wouldn't, you know, be a three or possibly a four-bed league. I sure hope so. Yeah, that would be great news for Conference USA Baseball, would it not? They would. You know, of course, there was a time where it seemed like every year that we had three, four teams, and then we kind of hit a lull where there was only two teams. And and, uh, to get us back, you know, to where we we once were, that would be be really great. I've learned from you, uh, among the many things, don't pay attention to polls, but I will throw this out, the College Baseball Nation poll out today, with Louisiana Tech 16, Southern Miss 21, Old Dominion 25. I don't recall the last time I saw three Conference USA baseball teams in a national top 25 poll, Coach. Yeah, well, and Charlotte might ought to be in there, too. Right. Honestly, they're playing mighty well as as well. So, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's just uh, a feather in our cap for our league and how our our programs have really made an emphasis in scheduling and scheduling tussle to build those RPIs. I know we talk a lot about it as head coaches, you know, that uh, we need to build within one another so that, you know, our schedules are tough so that when we do compete against one another, we're, we're also inheriting that schedule that they've competed against as well. Right. All right, Coach, another great week. Uh, another great uh, weekend from your starting pitching staff. You know, it was amazing. Uh, up until, uh, I guess, until Sunday, how little you'd even had to go to your bullpen. Your starters are weekend starters really producing for you, Coach. They sure are, and they have all year, uh, Bob. And very, very proud of them, how they've gotten this deep in the games and, and, and you know, just really controlling the games and just throwing up zeros and, and allowing our offense to, to get heated up and, and score runs behind them. So, as far as uh, you know, not allowing the opposition any kind of momentum, our starters have certainly have done that and, and beyond. 
Right, and how beneficial, especially with these four-game sets now, how beneficial is it from a coaching standpoint to stay out of your bullpen the way you've been able to do uh, early on in uh, in these series? Well, obviously, it's really important uh, because you don't want to get in there and tax your bullpen, especially on the first game with three games to go. And, and we saw ourselves do that with uh, – with UAB this this weekend on Friday, we were able to get three guys out of the bullpen in there. So, you know, we're only one guy out of ours off uh, through an inning there on on Friday after Stanley covered eight. So, you know, but on the other hand, too, Bob, you know, it seems like we're not getting. We've got a lot of quality pitchers that are sitting down there that's not getting any work yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, tomorrow night, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but tomorrow night we'll see. We'll see them get their their work in, but that's you know, that's the only kind of the bad thing is is trying to keep guys sharp. But uh, certainly, I'll take the starters going deep in the game, and we'll figure that out later. No question, and I don't want to single out any one player because a lot of kids played pretty well. But it sure is good to see Gabe Montenegro swinging the bat and getting on base the way he is, Coach. It sure is because you know we all knew it was there. I mean, we've seen it for. For a number of years, out of Gabe, he's just a strong, complete college baseball player that plays hard, and loves to play the game, and you know he just he went through a funk like you know people in baseball. If you're around it long enough, you will. But man, take your cap off to him. He's hitting three thirty nine, and that's a long climb from where he was three weeks ago. I can assure you. No question. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach Barry. Coach, you know, this weekend to me was you got more production out of your six, seven, eight hitters than, than you have all season. And how about the catchers? They go seven for 14. Uh, two guys that really have, have struggled with the bat. Stanley went two for three. Johnson went three for three in a game, had another RBI yesterday. Uh, McGillis uh, had some big hits uh, in game one on, on Saturday. Talk about that lower half of the lineup. Well, it's just, you know, it's so big in, in winning a baseball game. Everybody stacks the best hitters up top because you want those guys to come around the most times in a, in a game, obviously. But, you know, when they come around, when you turn that lineup over to those guys, you certainly want those lower hit guys on base uh, because that's your best hitters and gives you the best opportunity to drive in runs. But as you get through the lineups and they start turning over and now the middle of the order – you know, they start getting on. It's really important that the, the back the end of the order or lower end contribute and get those hits and drive guys in. And certainly that's what we saw this weekend. And, and you mentioned the catchers. The offensive play behind Johnson and Stanley certainly were impact and contributed to, uh, to the wins that we had this weekend. Coach, everybody concerned yesterday with uh, with Charlie Fisher. If you can, if you can't, no, no worries at all. Update us on where he is and and kind of uh, who you look to put in that DH spot uh, for the next few weeks. Well, you know, uh, he had uh, two lacerations on the top part of his left hand, I believe. I haven't seen him since he left to go to emergency room, but two pretty good gashes in there sliding uh, Unfortunately, uh, you know, he caught the uh, caught the spikes of the catcher with his hand. He told me that's the first time that he's ever slid head first in the home plate. Of course, in minor league baseball, uh, you get fined if you slide in head, head first. You always slide in feet first. So, uh, you know, that's I hate that that happened, but there was a, a great amount of blood that was coming out of his hand. And, and like I said, there's two pretty good gashes there that required stitches and. 
Right now, obviously, we know he's not available for tomorrow night's game. He'll probably be doubtful for this weekend, and it's just going to be day-to-day. It's going to be pretty sore until that thing can heal up and, and, and repair itself. And then you have to worry about the mobility of being able to, to make a fist and grip a bat, what, what requires him to be able to hit. So, you know, we, I'm, I'm not sure what the time frame is going to be on that loop, but certainly, uh, you know, he'll be missed. He's been in that three hole all year for us. And, you know, who we plug in there? You know, probably Slade Wilkes will be the guy. He had two pinch hit appearances this weekend. One was a double off the left center field wall right below the uh, scoreboard. And then yesterday he got hit by pitch. So, you know, he was he was two for two. He had 1,000 on base percentage for the weekend. Yeah. So he's had enough time staying over there after giving opportunities earlier in the year uh, to uh, to see some at-bats. I think, uh, you know, he he's had 38 at-bats, which is, you know, a fair amount of Division One experience. But, you know, I think now his time has been sitting there watching and, and thinking and, and trying to uh, – trying to develop that approach that's going to help him to be successful when he gets the opportunity, and certainly that opportunity will come tomorrow night. I guess I asked that about Charlie. It seems as if uh, we are, for the, another weekend coach, getting so much more quality at bats, guys working the count, and seems like kind of Charlie blazed the way early in the season for guys to take that approach now. Yeah, you know, I think uh, what we're seeing out of our offense right now is, number one, I think our pitch selection is improving. We're not chasing pitches out of the zone, getting ourselves out. There were a couple of times I felt like in game three where we were really in a hurry on a couple of guys to get their bats over with. And what I mean by that, maybe swinging a little bit early, too early in the count at pitches that weren't in the zone. I remember one particular at bat, without mentioning the name, where he was 0-2 and he swung at two balls, and he should have been 2-0. and So there's a big difference between 2-0 and 0-2 and in, in the outcome of that at bat. And, you know, running pitch counts up on, on pitchers, there's a lot of things that go into it. So, But you're seeing our guys develop a much better uh, plate appearance and plate awareness, strike zone awareness. We're also using the, the whole field a lot more, Luke, which, is, which is really excites me. Because you, you know, I was an old pitching coach and used to call pitches. And if one guy was one-dimensional, and I, you know his spray charts and all the scout reports said pull, pull, dead pull, then he's pretty easy to pitch to, unless you make a mistake and leave it over the plate. But there's a certain hole and a certain certain weakness that that person has developed and and uh, displayed that you can pitch to. But if you're using the whole field and you're backsiding balls going the other way on pitches that are off the plate or on the outer third, then all of a sudden you become a pretty tough one to pitch to. And, and I think that's what we're kind of seeing right now out of our guys. We're starting to develop that a lot better. We're talking to baseball coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour. It's a Monday, and so we always dedicate the first half of the show to our conversations with Coach. We're going to continue on the other side of the break. Big week coming up for Southern Miss baseball. We'll talk more about that right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon around the state, online, wherever you're tuned in. We're talking head baseball coach Scott Berry. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. 
Great place to go buy some apparel for the next Southern Miss uh, weekend of baseball here in town. Uh, They've got a great selection. They're open six days a week on Hardy Street right across from the campus. As I said, we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. Coach, a great weekend uh, this weekend, uh, four straight wins. All right, so now we come we come to the week uh, of uh, South Alabama coming to the Pete for a, a midweek game and then the return visit uh, to Louisiana Tech. Eight games between Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss in a span of, what, three weeks? Uh, this is a really important week. Uh, so let's, let's start with South Alabama, Coach, a team that – it has has beaten us the last few times we've played them. Uh, be a good opportunity to pay them back tomorrow night. What do you expect? Well, I expect another tough South Alabama team that's beat us twice already this year, both times in Mobile. But uh, you know they're they're very competitive. Uh, they're they're scary in, in the way they play. They're well coached. Uh, you know they're coming off from a tough weekend at Little Rock, where I believe they got swept. That's correct. In, in conference play. Which Little Rock is a tough place to play at. I've never played there, but Coach Oz, who used to coach at Arkansas State, said that's one of the toughest places to play. Obviously, Coach Creel, that coached at Louisiana Tech, they would make that week midweek run up there, and uh, so it's a tough place. But so you know, South Alabama's not going to be real happy about losing three games in the conference up there. And, and I'm not real happy about losing two games against South Alabama down there. So. Right. You know, we need to figure out uh, how to how to beat these guys uh, tomorrow night. So uh, I think that's, uh, you know, the first thing that we have to do before we ever think about La Tech uh, is, is we need to get keep ourselves in that win column and, and get win number one against South Al. Agreed. You, you kind of made mention of it earlier in the broadcast about getting some guys in on the mound uh, tomorrow night. What will be the pitching plan, Coach? Well, we're going to start Gabe Shepard. Uh, you know, I know he's a young man that was injured back in the fall. Uh, didn't see any time at all in the fall. Has had a couple of outings with us. Has had some control problems. So we're going to give him an opportunity to start tomorrow, let him go through a routine, make sure that he's good and loose and everything is, is in place to start the game. Uh, but then, you know, in all honesty, what we did against Alabama, a couple of weeks ago up there, uh, you know, as we say in the baseball world, Johnny Holstaff, that's probably what we're going to do because we have, we have to get some of these guys some work. And, and a lot of times it's not a bad plan, honestly, because you never, as an offense, it's hard to get any kind of rhythm or any kind of uh, flow or feel right. because of new guys coming in all the time. And you're constantly, your lineup's constantly having to adjust. So, you know, we, we've been successful with that in, in the past. Uh, you know, and a lot of times in the past we've had to do Johnny Holstaff because we've used so many guys on the weekend that we really just didn't have anybody or didn't have a four starter to do that. You know, it's just the opposite. This year we have four starters, but we have to use them all on the weekend since they're four-game sets. But we've got a lot of guys that need to get work and they need to get out there who, who could play uh, pivotal parts later on in this season. Important not only from the standpoint of them getting to pitch, but I would think psychologically too, getting them on the field, getting them involved with the game. Because like you say, you you very well may need them down the stretch here. So it's kind of a twofold deal. Am I right about that? Well, that's exactly right. So, you, you know, you have to have them prepared the best you can. 
and they have to be prepared the best they can for that opportunity to get on that on that field, regardless of how long it's been since they've been out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been getting work on the side. It's their job, and it's our job to prepare them and have them ready for that opportunity. Coach, I don't mention I don't like really mentioning single names of kids any much, but I, but I'm going to tell you this: I'm really going to miss Walker Powell. <laughs> What yeah, about you, he's Coach? Mr. Steady, isn't he? I'll tell you, Cox did his numbers the other day, and like at 200, right at close to 300 innings that he's pitched here, and only 44 walks. And, well, I'll tell you what, you know, you know pretty much what you're going to get when he's when it's game day for him, and his his name's penciled in in that pitching spot. He has he's been very very consistent, and as the numbers go will go down as one of the best starting pitchers that we've ever had here at Southern Miss. Yeah, he's got to rank up there, doesn't he, Coach? It may be in the top ten of, of all pitchers that have played here. He does. And, you know, the thing I like about him, and we talk a lot, me and Cox, on the pregame, but it, it's just his mound presence. It's that of a, of that of a big league pitcher and the fact that he's never, you know, sped up. He's, he's always even keel. You know, if a call doesn't go his way, you don't see emotion. You don't see him saying, I've got to have that call to be successful. He just moves to the next pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just kind of, it's just one of those characteristics that you wish every every one of them had. But there's no insecurity with him on that mound. He's, he's very secure in his ability and his ability to go out and compete. No question. Luke? Coach, uh, we, we got to look forward to Louisiana Tech simply because we won't talk to you before then, and we know in your mind you got South Alabama. But Tech's got a two and a half game uh, lead, and uh, this is a big one. Tech's won nine out of the last ten, sixteen out of the last eighteen. You look back at that previous series, Eagles left five on the last two innings in game one, and and uh, had opportunities in game four. And uh, you got to feel, I, I guess, going into this weekend. Is there a different approach? Is it the same message to the team? What's going to be, I guess, from Wednesday on your message to the guys? Well, it's you know a big weekend for us. Obviously, a big weekend for Tech. Uh, both of us are playing the best in the West uh, right now, and uh, you know certainly losing three out of four to them at home doesn't taste well and doesn't set well with with any of us. When we knew we could, we could have easily been the one winning three out of four. But, uh, you know, that's over, and you move forward, and you, you hope you've learned from it, and, you, and you're better for it. Certainly the last uh, two weekends that we've played, I, I feel like we've been better for it. We've, we've swung the bats a lot better. Of course, you know, I think the caliber and uh, of, of the team that Law Tech has kind of equalizes that out as well. It kind of balances it. You know, they're not any younger. They're older, too. Uh, we talked about how old they were when we played them. Uh, you know, they're they're a little bit older, two weeks older than what we faced them before. So they're a very good ball club. He, uh, Coach Burris has got them playing really well. And, uh, you know, it'll be a great challenge and one that we're looking forward to after, after South Al game tomorrow night to start concentrating on. 
Last question um, for me. Overall, um, I keep noticing this and just get your comment on it. Man, we, we love the long ball. And, and for a team that we thought going in, Coach, that we wouldn't have, you know, all these home runs that we were going to have to play, you know, not small ball, but we're going to have to play base hit ball. Man, the Eagles love home runs so far this year. I mean, and, and you look, Lynch is already, I think, up to seven. Sergeant, uh, the percentage of runs, Jack hadn't run this yet. I didn't ask him that, but I'd be amazed to see the amount of runs that we've scored on the long ball. Has that surprised you at all, how many home runs we've hit so far? Uh, Kind of, you know, because I'll tell you what, we, we hit some in the fall. We really did. I mean, there were days where we might hit four, four or five in, a, in an inter-squad scrimmage. You know, we just didn't seem to have a large number of hits totaling up in the fall. I think what excites me right now is not only the long ball, obviously, but that our batting average number, team batting average number, is significantly climbing. I think we climbed another 19 points this week. We're up to 251. You know, we're no longer in the cellar of Conference USA um, in, in overall batting average, and we're near, we're near the top. Of, of conference only batting average, so that's where I, I'm looking for that balance, Luke. You know, I, I mean that's that's what I'm looking for because I know that you can't sit there and live and die off the long ball, but you can create opportunities and you can apply pressure to defenses by getting on base, whether it's by the the hit, the walk, putting the ball in play. You know, we didn't strike out near as much this weekend. I think we you said we struck out 12 times and walked 15. So the yep. pressure was applied to their defense to make plays, and at times they didn't make plays. So, you know, and then at times when, when you get on base, now all of a sudden you you start distracting that, that pitcher, and he starts concentrating on the base runner a little bit, and he makes a mistake to a hitter, and he leaves the yard. So it all plays in to, to the balance of what you're trying to do offensively. Coach, just about 20 seconds left, but just a quick comment. I, I know there's still some limitations on ticket sales because of COVID, but boy, the passion is there and, and the fans' love for the baseball program is there. Your your thoughts about the your crowds so far this year? Oh, they've been outstanding. I mean, there's never been a time in a number of years where I didn't feel like that baseball wasn't important to Southern Miss and the Southern Miss community. I mean, it's always the, the feeling is the passion that, that our people have and it shows when we come out and play I mean our players feel it I feel it we feed off of it so the the numbers again this weekend were uh, given the limitations were to the max that I feel like that that, that they limit placed on us so I'm very proud of, of our our culture at Southern Miss our fan base and how they love baseball and Southern Miss baseball. No question. Well, Coach, we appreciate you very much. Looking forward to watching the guys tomorrow night and this weekend. Best of luck to you in a really big week for Golden Eagle baseball. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. All right. Head baseball coach Scott Berry, everybody. South Alabama at the Pete tomorrow night at 6. It is revenge time. We hope for the Jaguars. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Always appreciate great conversations with Scott Berry, the skipper of the Southern Miss baseball team. A sweep 
of UAB this weekend. Eagles on a seven-game winning streak right now, taking on South Alabama in the Pete uh, tomorrow night. And Johnny Holstaff throwing. Gabe Shepard will be the starting pitcher. Uh, first pitch set for 6 p.m. at Pete Taylor Park, CUSA TV, and, of course, John Cox in the Southern Miss Sports Network. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour uh, today. Fourth Street Bar and Grill brings you the third segment of the Eagle Hour Every day, four ninety five. It was a great or eight ninety five lunch. It was a great weekend at Four Street Bar and Grill watching the Masters, as well as Southern Miss uh, sweeping UAB. Go see them this week. Grab a lunch. Uh, just always something to do over there, and we appreciate their sponsorship, of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joins us, and um, Kelly, kind of talking through the break. Bob and I were talking about uh, right now Conference USA, and I'll run through the weekend here in just a minute. But but Southern Miss in second place in the West. They're two and a half games behind Louisiana Tech, eight and three. Tech ten and two. Uh, Rice did not do the Eagles any favors as La Tech swept the Owls out in Houston. Um, but you know we're looking forward to the schedule and, and trying to think through this also, Kelly. So the the regular season for Conference USA ends on May sixteenth. Eagles play FAU the next uh, the next week. So the week of the twenty sixth is when Conference USA tournament starts. You've got an extra weekend in there. Louisiana Tech, Old Dominion are playing a two game series that won't have any conference implications. Why couldn't you try to sneak in a, another makeup game with UTSA uh, so that you possibly wouldn't lose a division because of a rainout, Kelly? Well, I, I would think that that would certainly be discussed. Uh, you know, you wait and see if if it's going to make a difference. I know in, in the MHSAA, their teams are jockeying for baseball playoff positions in high school. And some games that got rained out that have not been played, they're going to wait and see what implications it has on the overall seedings, if at all. And if if it has to, if that game will have to be played uh, to determine final standings and whatnot, then they will be played. And I would think that that would be very prudent in this situation as well. Uh, if it's going to determine seeding going into the tournament, then it should be played. And if it wouldn't make a difference, then you're, you essentially wouldn't have to spend all that money to play one game. But if it's going to make a difference, yeah. of course it needs to be played. And, and you know, I, but the thing that I'm shaking my head at, you guys, is as well as the Eagles are playing, all right, you, you've got D1 baseball's rankings out today. They've got La Tech 14th. I don't think I don't think anybody disputes that, that La Tech is is good, right? They've, they've proven it. But then they've got Charlotte. 21st, and then I've got Old Dominion, 22nd, and no mention of Southern Miss. No, Eagles should be 21 in the, or should be 19 in that poll if it's D1. Well, conference. Are you talking RPI or are you talking top 25? No, top 25. So, and that I got was, you. That was yeah. just released by and Conference USA just released that on their on their website. But then you look at the Masseys, which you guys know I. I like the Masseys based on what all the coaches have told me, is that Louisiana Tech is, is number one in the conference there, 14th overall in the country, but Masseys has Southern Miss second in the conference, 26th nationally, then Old Dominion, then UT San Antonio, then Charlotte. So, I mean, you know, look at Charlotte's record, 22-9, and nine, Old Dominion 24-6, and six. But the Masseys still have Southern Miss ranked ahead of both of those teams with a 21-9 and record. But then you got UC, UT San Antonio in there at 14-12, and 12, 
ahead of Charlotte. So, you know, a lot of these ratings do make for good discussions like we're having right now. But the bottom line is, you know, have it done on the field. But I, I just don't think that the Eagles have gotten uh, much love from the get-go. Well, there, there's another poll, too, Kelly, came out this morning. The uh, baseball College Baseball Nation poll has Tech 16, Southern Miss 21, Old Dominion 25. Uh, and then the you know the RPI is is much kinder uh, to the conference USA teams. D one always amazes me. Kendall Rogers is always bloviating on the internet about how great he thinks Southern Miss is, and and yet and I didn't realize he doesn't comprise the entire poll. But then they're rarely in that poll, and um, you know it's that SEC. Echo Chamber is always in the poll. I, you know, I've just come to the conclusion, guys, that these the top twenty five polls are popularity contests with sports writers, and and it's really not much more than that. Well, but, you it, it is a way for you to say we're in the top twenty five because the RPI is going to de- determine everything. And and if you, I'm, I'm a Warren Nolan guy, Kelly, you're a Massey's guy. Warren Nolan has Louisiana Tech at seven, Southern Miss at twenty. Charlotte at 22, Old Dominion at 29, which caused Kendall Rogers yesterday to say because of the RPI rankings, Conference USA legitimately may be a four-bid league this year. Uh, I hope you're right. And maybe I'm Debbie Downer. Maybe I've always got the Molly Grubs or whatever, but I, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, Conference USA never gets the respect. Um, and, and, and sometimes I get it. And we'll be the first ones to say that the league has some work to do in particular sports. If it happens in baseball that it happens to be a four-team, you know, bid league this year, then then I will have more respect for the people that decide. You talk about RPI, we talk about these different polls. I'm telling you, if the decision makers want to put the screws to any team in Conference USA, not just the Eagles. They'll find some excuse as to why, sure. you know, they'll say, well, it was the RPI. Well, okay, the RPI is good this year. Well, we didn't judge it on RPI this year. We, we, we based it on this. You know, so the, yeah. you, you have to win the conference tournament, you know, and that seeding, that going back to your original question about UT San Antonio, again, if that has, if, if that's going to help determine where the Eagles are, you know, maybe a seed higher or a seed lower, you know, based on, on where the roadrunners are, then that game should be played. Yeah, but, but if not, looking through the good. conference, and I, I think, I think this may answer some of the the ranking question, Bob specifically. But you look at what happened this weekend: Southern Miss sweeps UAB, Western Kentucky sweeps Marshall, uh, UTSA takes three out of four against Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Tech sweeps Rice on the road. Here's the deal: why possibly the rankings may be better. Uh, Old Dominion took three out of four from FAU on the road. Charlotte swept FIU on the road. And so when you look at the standings in the East, Charlotte is 11 and 1, 22 and 9 overall. Old Dominion 10 and 2, 24 and 6 overall. Uh, Louisiana Tech 10 and 2 over, or, uh, in the conference, 24 and 7 overall. Southern Miss 8 and 3 and 21 and 9. Uh, the simple fact that Old Dominion went to uh, Boca Raton and took three out of four and Charlotte swept FIU on the road. FIU was in the top 100. Uh, I think uh, FAU is still probably in the top 80 in RPI. Bob, that may be the simple reason why they got ranked in a national 
poll this week. Either way, I don't care about the national polls. I'm only looking at the RPI uh, because that's going to determine seating. But it is pretty impressive for Old Dominion and Charlotte to go on the road to Florida and win seven out of eight games. I agree completely. And I don't put any stock in the polls because the, the, the way they – I hate to beat this dead horse, but the way they treat the SEC teams is just pathetically ridiculous. And so I just think that alone causes them to lose a lot of credibility. What it tells me is you have certain sports writers that cover certain leagues, and that's who they vote for. And uh, obviously there are a lot of people that cover the SEC, uh, but there's a lot of good college baseball teams out there in America, you know, for what, eight or nine of the SEC teams to be in the top 20 or whatever I think there's one poll, Luke. They're like, they're like one through five in the country. Am I right about that? Pretty high up there. Yeah. Uh, RPI may may reflect that some, um, but yeah, I mean we we're seeing. <laughs> you always see the echo chamber. This is where yeah. it is. Yeah, you know it's interesting though. The Southern Miss RPI is higher than Ole Miss's RPI. If I've read that right this morning, but yet Ole Miss is in the top ten. How do you figure that, Luke? Eagles Eagles are at 20 and Warren Nolan, Ole Miss at 21. What's helping Southern Miss? And we didn't see it early on, and then everybody started playing. Eagles have the 19th strength of schedule overall in the country, and what's really helping them, they have a winning record against Quadrant 1 teams. They're 7-5. and five. Yeah. But, but here's something, you guys, that needs to be noted, and watch how this comes back and haunts a couple of Conference USA schools. Hopefully maybe just one, hopefully none. But the way the Conference USA has has shaken out this year in baseball, you've got four or five teams that are really, really good, and then the rest of the league stinks to high heaven. Rice is awful. Marshall is three kinds of terrible. All right, UAB is not very good. Um, you just you got some teams like you know Western Kentucky's not great. You so you've got. A definite upper tier in Conference USA, and then the absolute bottom tier. So I think that that's gonna, I think that's gonna hurt. I think that's gonna hurt Conference USA as far as the selection committee is concerned. And again, there's four teams that deserve to go, in our opinion. If it does, if it does, it will be Old Dominion simply because Charlotte has a top 50 strength of schedule, Southern Miss a top 20, Tech a top 30. Old Dominion strength of schedule is 109. So that may be the deciding factor when it's all said and done. Yeah, let's keep an eye on that. As Al Davis used to say, guys, just win, baby, win. And that's what the Eagles need to do. I do have something. I'm going to continue counting my money, and I'm going to tell you why I'm counting so much money when we come back on the other side of the break. All right, here we go. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on a sunny Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. Great instruction, great fitness, great training. All that at DBAT and D1. DBATHattiesburg.com. Go check them out uh, today. Men's tennis dropped a 5-2 to two match over South Alabama this weekend in Hattiesburg. And uh, 
Men don't get beat much, uh, but but lose one to South Alabama. They uh, they fall to seven and two on the year, so still having a great season. And they will be traveling out to Beaumont, Texas, this weekend to take on uh, Lamar Golf up in Bridgeport, Virginia, at the West Virginia University Mountain Near Invite. And the men are scorching today. They are in second place behind host West Virginia. Have shot a two ninety four today. Bryce Wilkinson and Matt Lawrence in the third and fourth place overall. Brian Richards in seventh. Those guys shot a 72, 73, and 74 on the day. It's at the Pete Dye Golf Club in Bridgeport, West Virginia. So they will uh, go at it again tomorrow. But Southern Miss in second place overall and three Eagles in the top seven right now in individuals. Uh, In track and field, uh, Trey Johnson had another brilliant weekend out at the Crimson Tide Invite in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Trey Johnson matched a personal record of 46.31 seconds in the 400 meter to capture gold. He was the only winner uh, overall, but uh, the men and women both put uh, several people uh, into second, third, fourth place finishes. Uh, Beach Volleyball drops four matches out at the Georgia State digging uh, duels out um, at Georgia State. Dropped two matches to number 19, Georgia State, and number 18, South Carolina. Softball got swept by UTSA in Hattiesburg. This weekend, they'll take on Mississippi State Wednesday. And then soccer... First round of the conference championship uh, tomorrow, 4 p.m. against Florida Atlantic. We'll talk about that more tomorrow, but uh, Lady Eagles uh, looking for a run out in, in Houston at the CUSA championships. Kelly, uh, some stuff going on with you, and uh, we're, we're here to hear about your money. Okay, well, I, I'll get to that in a, in a minute because there's a lot to there's a lot to count, a lot of money to count, and I'll tell you why. But uh, Netflix is coming out with a movie based on the New Orleans Saints uh, Bounty Gate situation where Hattiesburg's and Southern Miss's own Brett Favre, of course, was involved with the Vikings trying to put him out of commission, as it were. Kevin James is going to play Sean Payton. I don't know how that's going to work, because Kevin James is a is an eight-cylinder model, and uh, I, you know, Sean might be a, a four- or five-cylinder model, but... Uh, Kevin James might have to slim down a little bit to play Sean Payton, but that uh, that movie's going to come out on Netflix. It's called Home Team, so be looking for that about the New Orleans Saints Bounty Gate. And, yes, I'm sitting here stacking, oh, it's probably about two inches high of $100 bills that I won this weekend because you'll recall last week on this show, prior to the Masters ever being played, the Sandman here on the Eagle Hour, and you guys can attest to it, picked one Hideki Matsuyama to win the Masters. And guess what? He did, and next time, you guys, French fries are on me. Yeah, he's, he's Mr. Generous with his money, isn't he, Luke? Well, my, just, why does that not surprise me? Just get ready for more of that cheap wine, Bob. Yeah, you know, why, why, does, why does none of this wine? surprise me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll throw in a bottle hey, of wine, you, you guys. I'll tell you what, though. How, how cool was it, though? The, for him, it was so cool to see someone uh, from a different culture win the, the biggest tournament in golf and to see how he expressed emotion. Man, he was just smiling, and as he started walking uh, to, to turn in his score, you saw the emotion. But I don't know if you guys saw this. His caddy took the flag off, you know, for the keepsake, puts the the uh, the, the flag pole back into the 18th hole at Augusta, and then turns, takes off his hat, and bows 
to the course. And it was, I mean, it was so cool seeing him acknowledge the fact we just conquered Augusta National. What a challenge it was. That was probably one of the coolest things that I've seen in golf in quite a while. And I, you know, I always knew that he had the ability. He just hadn't been showing it. Um, but there was just something telling me this week. And of course, it had never been done where a Japanese golfer had won the Masters. Uh, but I just, I just felt, I don't know, I just had a really funny feeling. And it, it wasn't the shrimp salad I had this week. I just felt like it was a, like he was going to win, and and good for him. Yeah. You know that's that's good news from Japan. The bad news from Japan today uh, is that the Olympic Committee now is talking about uh, delaying the Olympics again because of um, they're not as far along and they're in defeating COVID as they would like to be. They haven't made that decision yet, but the, but the Olympic Committee is going to put that on the ledger yeah. to discuss next time they meet. You know, putting off the Olympics one more time. Bob, I need to I need to get this in real quick before we get off. We'll talk about it more tomorrow, but there is a plan in place right now to help uh, Corky Palmer with some of his medical expenses. Uh, Dugout Club and some others are putting some stuff together. We'll go on that in a more detail tomorrow, but if you're listening out there and you want to help Coach Palmer, we're going to give you some details tomorrow where you can help him um, as, he, as he walks through this difficult journey. We're all behind Coach Palmer, so we'll bring up that tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. Kelly, just got a text from Lee Applewhite. He can help you place that money into Southern Miss Athletics. He's willing to call you and discuss that also. Yeah. Good good for Lee. A good salesman always seeks that opportunity and, and pursues it. Way to go, Lee. Let, call me. Let loose with a dollar or two, Kelly, okay? Just to break with tradition and actually let loose with a dollar or two. I told you, a bottle of wine and french fries for you and Lou. On me, guys. And Hideki Mafiano. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.